you are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, delivered every Tuesday, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Royce Aguilar under the Equity Research Department. So we'll talk about the weekly summary and outlook for the PSCI. And then our theme for the week is all about nickel. Okay, so let's discuss what happened last week with the PSCI. So last week, the PSCI declined 1.2% week on week to close at 6,005.40. So we were down by 71 points. So post-two-week MECQ in Metro Manila and nearby provinces, investors weighed the potential impact from a stricter iteration of GCQ measures. So keep in mind that in terms of the curfew, it was actually uh, stricter compared to the previous GCQ where it was 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Now it's still 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. So moreover, presidential spokesperson Harry Roque noted that the capital region, which is the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, still has a long way to go before easing to MGCQ. So this and the recent Fed minutes, FOMC, US Fed, that's the US Central Bank, the, the minutes of the meeting revealed officials' view that the economy is at a very vulnerable spot. So that actually tempered optimistic sentiment from investors during last week's trading. In terms of volume, we were only at 4.6 billion and foreigners were net sellers by 1.9 billion pesos. In terms of what we see this week, so we see the market trade sideways with downward bias as investors await the speech of U.S. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell in the Jackson Hole Virtual Economic Symposium on August 27. Again, recall last week, according to FOMC minutes, the U.S. economic growth for the second half may be less robust than previously forecasted. However, the market could end this week in the green should there be progress in the upcoming U.S.-China trade talk. So news flow suggests it could happen. So on the local front, investors await the ratification of the Bayanihan 2 bill, which has recently hurdled by CAM committee last Thursday. So in terms of data, it's more on U.S. So we have uh, U.S. durable goods orders and second quarter U.S. GDP, the second reading of the second quarter U.S. GDP for the U.S. Okay, so in terms of our stock picks, we have uh, three, two buy calls. So the first buy call is Nickel Asia. You can see this actually in our trades playbook we published last August 13. So in terms of why we picked Nickel this week, because it corrected 9.9% last week after its dividend exit last August 18. Recall that Nickel's board of directors approved the declaration of special cash dividends of 0.22 per common share payable on September 4 to shareholders of record on August 24. So what we think is the pullback actually provides holders to take advantage of this opportunity of this pullback because in terms of fundamentals, nickel demand rebounded from its lows in March. Nickel prices now are currently improving, supported by a recovery in demand, especially in China. And we'll talk about that further later in our theme. But bottom line, traders and investors can um, re-enter once it pulls back to around 2.75 to 2.87. Just set your cut loss below 2.5 and you'll be fine. Our second buy pick is Ayala Land Inc. There was this news that the BSP Monetary Board has increased the real estate loan limit of universal and commercial banks from 20 to 25%. So the measure aims to support growth in productive sectors of the economy given the COVID-19 situation. So the measure will actually benefit both the property and financial sector. 
especially once the pandemic situation eases and household spend again on property assets given the low interest rate. So sentiment will improve on property names like Ayala Land given a significant contribution of residential developments on its total real estate revenue. So if you take a look at the first half, it's around 50% of its revenues comes from residential development alone. So the other 50% is already being shared by the office, malls, and the like. So if you take a look at the price right now, bargain hunters can actually accumulate now given it's trading uh, near support levels of 31 and 30 pesos respectively. So last is Cebu Air. So it's actually a sell call this week. There's, there's this news that the Air Carriers Association of the Philippines expects the recovery of the aviation industry from the COVID-19 pandemic to take around two to three years. So... The bottom line here is if you take a look at the 2019 levels of travel demand, the Air Carriers Association of the Philippines expects another two to three years before it goes back to the 2019 levels. Given that travel demand remains weak, so the Air Carriers Association of the Philippines consists of PAL, Air Asia, Cebu Pacific. Moreover, the Civil Air Aeronautics Board said that outlook for the airline industry remains to be bleak or uncertain. Share price upside may be capped given the bleak outlook in the industry in the next years to come. So that being said, maybe investors and traders can lighten position, invest instead on other companies with brighter prospects. So support for Cebu is at 37 pesos. So that's it for our weekly summary outlook and our stock picks for the week. So our theme for the week is all about nickel. We talked about gold last week which is another metal and we'd like to talk about nickel this time of course this applies also to investors or traders who are into the stock market here in the philippines mainly because there are traded um, names under the nickel sector mining nickel mining sector right and we and we will discuss that later but of course i would like to discuss all about nickel the metal the trend in its prices overview for the first half and outlook right so let's talk about the recent movements of nickel. Recently, nickel prices have been um, rebounding or jumping, and it's mainly because of falling ore output in the Philippines, while risk sentiment was boosted by China's central bank ingesting fresh funds into the country's financial system. So if you talk about the three-month nickel prices on the London Metal Exchange, so it's actually right now at around $14,600 per ton. So... Let's talk about the falling or output. Of course, we have falling supply plus there is demand that is equal to higher prices. So let's talk about first the lower nickel or output from the Philippines. So keep in mind that the Philippines, our country, is the world's biggest exporter of nickel. It was initially Indonesia, but of course, they started to ban exporting nickel ores mainly because they want to focus more on the benefits of nickel ores to their country. So they they banned exporting of that material. So let's talk about, again, let's go back to the nickel ore output from the Philippines. So it actually dropped 28% year on year um, to 202,310 tons by metal content from January to June. So that's the data from the Mines and Geosciences Bureau. That's I, I believe that's in the Philippines. So that's the data. So that's on the supply side. In terms of demand, we are seeing a series of upbeat economic data released from the, the nickel stock consumer, which is China, which has supported prices mainly because we are seeing rising auto sales, uh, 
factor activity suggesting that the economy was recovering from novel coronavirus-driven lows in terms of demand. So nickel prices still simulated by the optimism from good Chinese industry numbers. And, you know, other base metals also advance, mainly because of this um, infusion in China to pump prime their economy. So that's in terms of recent movements. I would like to talk about more on the trend in prices ever since it bottomed last March. So keep in mind that nickel prices were volatile in the first six months of the year, with prices touching their lowest level of around 11,055 US dollar per ton in March when the pandemic hit commodities across the board. But the metal was able to rebound in the second quarter, making its um, way back above 14,600. That's recently. So now it's even above the opening price of the year, soaring to a seven-month high of 14600 mainly because, again, of resurgent Chinese demand, supply disruption, and global stimulus across the board, which boosted the rebound further. There was even this recent call for more nickel mining from Tesla's Elon Musk, suggesting that the nickel's future in batteries for electric cars continues to be bright. So within the, um, the first half of the year, again, the nickel started the year trading at 14,070. Again, it hit the low of 11,055 and right now it's at 14,600. So, to some analysts, Nickel's price performance has actually been surprised to the upside year to date because uh, one of their concern was fundamentally they're seeing a surplus in nickel. So, they're seeing this potential for nickel price to actually correct and the like. But of course, in hindsight, um, they could have seen that rebound sharply mainly because of how um, quickly China rebounded. Keep in mind that the start of the coronavirus was in China, but China was also the first one to recover. Right? So now let's just, let's discuss the overview and the outlook on the supply side. So let's talk about supply first. So during the first half of the year, mining and refining facilities for nickel were disrupted at a global scale. So from the Philippines, even to Canada, mainly because of the coronavirus containment. So there was this news, right, around April where the top nickel ore producers here in the Philippines, like Nickel Asia Corp and Global Ferry Nickel Holdings, FNI, decided to suspend some operations to contain their COVID-19. Of course, in terms of on the supply side, the Indonesian nickel pig iron production has soared through early 2020, which has made up for the lower refined nickel supply elsewhere. So of course, keep in mind that production on the side of Indonesia is still a factor in terms of the price. They may not be this number one player in terms of export. At the end of the day, they still cater to demand at least, which affects price for the overall nickel. So what could happen to supply in the coming months? There could be risks that in terms of whether this Indonesian nickel pig iron supply could be disrupted by the outbreak in Sulawesi where the region where these companies operate. Keep in mind, if you are going to talk about the COVID-19 cases, Indonesia and the Philippines are the top two cases in Southeast Asia, right? If you talk about the death rate, if you talk about the testing rate, it's actually, if you take a look at the data, it's actually quite worse in Indonesia. So moving forward, the risk comes from how much nickel pig iron supply will be put into operation. Of course, this is because of the speed at which these projects become operational after being announced. They have these projects that can be announced and operational within a couple of years. So that additional supply could be added on top of uh, this oversupplied market. So 
there is issues regarding the production of the current plants and facilities, but we are also seeing other facilities being built. So you have this set of problems in terms of your supply. If you have oversupply and then you have lack of demand, that's the issue that was being talked about earlier. So that could actually result to a correction of nickel prices. So lots of factors on the supply side and one of factor of which is what's happening in both Indonesia and the Philippines. So bottom line, as of the moment, there could still the nickel market could still remain in surplus because of the projects in Indonesia. So in terms of the degree of concern, it's more on the new supply coming from Indonesia rather than the current problem in terms of would they be able to meet the orders and the like. So in terms of nickel outlook, in terms of supply, it's surplus, right? So that's the main outlook moving forward, moving into um, the second half of the year. Now let's talk about demand. So early on, early on this year, so it was a no-brainer that nickel demand has been severely impacted as the virus eventually forced governments across the world to impose measures aimed at slowing the spread of the disease. These measures, however, also resulted in a sharp slowdown in economic activity, which is expected to lead to a sharp deceleration in primary nickel demand. The impact of COVID-19 has been much greater on demand than supply. That's why we're seeing a surplus right now, as we've talked about earlier. That's why prices really dropped around March. But second quarter saw nickel demand picking up, especially in China, where demand impact in China from the stainless steel segment rebounded. As I've said earlier, while China was the first to be affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, it was also the first to begin to lift lockdown measures. So when looking at the nickel's fundamentals, the coronavirus has had a major impact on demand globally. And while China is now returning strongly, the rest of the world will take some time to get back to 2019 levels. But nevertheless, stainless steel will continue to dominate the demand side of the nickel throughout the decade. So the rebound of the nickel prices is solely because of optimism that we're seeing some countries, especially China, the biggest consumer of nickel, rebound and operate as normal as we speak. So let's talk about electric vehicle for a while. So while stainless steel represents 70% of global demand, the promise of electric vehicle demand will underpin strong long-term fundamentals more than any other base metal. So though the electric vehicle market is still it's, it's in infancy, with just 6% of nickel use in 2018, it actually grew by 340% in the four years up until then. So the numbers for nickel demand from EV batteries for 2019 um, already confirms that the trend is continuing. So if you take a look at the numbers, the you can, you can just see the slight lower demand in around March, April as just a possible one-off. Because right now, there's continued resumption of demand for electric vehicles. So for nickel, the lithium-ion batteries that power electric vehicles will utilize increasingly nickel-rich cathodes. Right. So by 2030, there's this um, consensus forecast that nickel demand from the battery sector will account for a little over 25% of the total nickel market. These nickel-rich cathodes will also be joined by non-nickel-containing cathodes like Lithium, which is favored in the Chinese market for its lower cost and safety record in powering electric vehicles. So despite the economic weakening due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Europe and China have strengthened their electric vehicle subsidy programs and maintained their CO2 and EV targets. Then and there, you can see that's what's driving the rebound in nickel prices. 
analysts believe that it will continue to support that electric vehicle adoption, therefore nickel demand from the battery space. In terms of nickel price update, what's ahead, right? So for nickel, so let's go back to the supply side. They're waiting to see whether the Indonesian nickel big iron producers are impacted by any outbreaks in the locations they operate. So that's Sulawesi, as we mentioned earlier. This is significant because it's still part of uh, Indonesia, still supplies to Chinese stainless steel mills, as well as integrated domestic operations. It may not be as the top exporters before, but it still does operate. Hence, it still affects global nickel prices. So again, as mentioned earlier, we pointed to several intermediate nickel projects under construction in Indonesia. So the timely development of these projects to produce this battery-grade nickel to feed the battery market could be at risk. So battery-grade nickel intermediaries are the pinch point in the EV or the electric vehicle's battery supply chain. So based on expectations that the Chinese recovery will start from the second half of the year, which we, in terms of numbers, we are actually seeing that. So the expectation is China's primary nickel consumption will rise above pre-COVID-19 levels by next year. So again, the market is forward-looking. So then and there, bottom line, that's what's driving nickel prices. Mostly China and partly Europe maintaining their subsidy programs, even strengthening it and even maintaining their targets. So longer term, higher primary nickel production from Indonesia, which is aiming to produce more value-added metal products could make the primary market less tight than expected beyond 2020 and maybe put some downward pressure on prices. However, recent updates on virus outbreaks that could hinder this downward pressure with the Indonesian government saying that the coronavirus will likely delay the development of 11 billion US dollars worth of nickel projects. For Indonesia, again, a lot of factors. Bottom line, the price outlook is still uncertain. But if you take a look at it at the long term, Right, expectation, China's primary nickel demand consumption will rise above pre-COVID-19 levels by 2021. By 2030, they expect a bigger chunk of the EV market in ratio compared to nickel production. It's pretty clear that nickel prices, if you take a look at it at the long term, it's on an uptrend. That's the forecast. I mentioned lots of factors in terms of nickel prices and analysts themselves are still uncertain on the future. But nevertheless... What's clear for them is that the electric vehicle market will stay and expand and will support nickel prices from here on. So that's the bottom line. So let's talk about nickel-related stocks here in the Philippines. What stocks or companies actually benefited from the recent rebound in nickel prices? So first one is the top producer, Nickel Asia. So it's the country's largest ore miner and exporter. So the operations of its two units in Surigao del Norte. So it has Taganito Mining Corp and Hinantuan Mining Corp. So if you take a look at its earnings, if you take a look at the first half earnings, it's it's still lower by 26%, mainly because the rebound in nickel prices, we saw that much in the latter part of June and July and even partly August. So unlike gold, which has rallied for most part of the year, nickel has rallied just recently. So you won't see that much effect yet on the numbers. But let's delve into a bit. So in terms of for the sale of ores, for nickel. So they were really heavily impacted by the coronavirus. So if you take a look at their production, it was actually lower by more than 1 million met- wet metric tons. But if you take a look at the, the nickel prices, it, it's, it was already um, slightly higher year on year. So the bottom line, the lower production resulted to lower revenues and hence lower net income. 
it's actually a different story for the second number two producer, which is Global Fernical Holdings. It only has one mine in Surigao del Norte. But if you take a look at its earnings, it's actually higher. Mainly because it posted lower costs also. Well, nickel also posted lower costs if you take a look at the numbers. But if you take a look at um, the impact to the revenues, it's bigger. Compared to fair nickel, cost was significantly lowered compared to the lower revenue. So it's the same story. It's the same story. So in terms of production, it's lower by 30.6% for FNI. But prices for nickel has risen significantly on their end. So if you take a look at the average realized nickel ore prices, it's already higher by 37% for the low-grade ores. For the medium-grade ores, also 37%. So that's for FNI. So the difference between FNI and nickel, FNI even posted a higher net income. So that they're still upside ahead. And if you take a look at the price performance of nickel and FNI since April 1, of course, I cited April since April 1 mainly because that's where uh, prices seem to have bottomed. So for Nickel Asia, it rose by 90% since April 1. For FNI, it rose by 61% since April 1. So very um, significant price increase. And it's solely on fundamentals plus technicals. Right? Okay, lastly, I included Mark Ventures. Mainly because I saw this actually as a beneficiary of the higher nickel prices. And here's why. So let's delve into um, who are they. So Mark Ventures, through its wholly owned subsidiary, Mark Ventures Mining, holds a mineral production sharing agreement covering around nearly 4,800 hectares located in also Surigao del Sur. To date, the company has done exploration work and has performed mining operations on 197 hectares on the above sharing agreement covered area. So its main product is nickel ore. So all of its nickel ore productions are exported to China. Then and there, if you just read the company information, you will realize why it rebounded as well. So for Mark Ventures, it rallied by 33% since April 1. So definitely the nickel-related stocks, even the gold-related stocks have outperformed most of names in, listed in the PSE. So if you take a look at its earnings, same with FNI, it posted higher earnings. So it actually incurred a net loss last um, first half of 2019. So this first half of the year, it's now uh, profitable. And again, mainly because of higher nickel prices. And it exported to China, which has recovered significantly already in the second quarter of the year. Keep in mind, if you talk about economic numbers of China, it's positive in the second quarter. They, in, they posted negative GDP numbers in the first half, first quarter rather. But in terms of GDP, it's already positive around second quarter. So for, then and there, if you are in business with China in the second quarter, you actually benefit it. And we can see that from the numbers of this uh, mining companies, um, nickel mining companies. So there, I hope we clarified a bit the overview on the supply-demand price update and some nickel-related stocks. So thank you. So this is Roy Seguilar from the Equity Research Department. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. And as always, your future first. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, 
and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join facebook.com slash groups slash First Metro Sec and be part of the First Metro Sec family.